Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast with our Ask the Expert series, a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin and I'm the Editor-in-Chief here at EM360 and your host on today's podcast. Now on today's episode, I'm being joined by Matt Locke, who is the Technical Director for the UK at Veronis, a data protection company. Now, before I bring Matt on, I just want to give you a bit of background on him. He has 20 years of cybersecurity experience and is particularly well-versed in data security. As an accomplished CISSP security consultant, he has worked with an impressive portfolio of world-leading organizations, spanning industries such as pharmaceuticals, legal, and entertainment, to name a few. At Veronis, Matt heads up the team which helps organizations secure and manage their unstructured data. So, Matt, thank you very much for coming on the podcast and having a chat with us today. Thank you very much for having me. Now, today we're going to be discussing the need for organizations to collaborate securely on the cloud, even with that ever-present risk of human error. And I think a good starting point for the podcast is if we talk, obviously, a little bit about cloud collaboration. So what can you tell us about the benefits associated with this style of working? Well, first off, it's always available. And it's always available from wherever you are in the world. Clearly, that's one of the big advantages of cloud. It's taken a while for organizations to actually feel confident to start using these platforms. But having this ability to immediately contact, share, work, collaborate on information without having to implement high levels of infrastructure, costly, expensive systems has been incredibly beneficial. And and the uptake of it has been absolutely huge in the last few years. Definitely. Seeing that implementation coming in has has definitely increased tenfold. There's lots of great advantages to cloud collaboration, for sure. But there's also that side we need to talk about, which I mentioned in the intro, of the human risk element. So when we're talking about that, what are the main points that we're seeing and what's the real impact on a business's data security? Well, the first thing that we need to think about is what information is actually being worked on in the cloud. For years gone by, employees have had a comfort blanket, if you like, of the data and the repositories and the areas that they can work and share information on. Cloud has opened this up enormously, and it allows anybody who utilizes these platforms to share information quite freely, whether it be with themselves, so they can work on it where they're at home on their personal devices, or whether it's with other team members or collaborators or different organizations. Now, not everybody is IT savvy, not everybody understands the risks associated with this. And so the worry, particularly when you talk to privacy and and compliance officers with inside organizations, is just suddenly losing that visibility of what information is actually being shared out there. What information is being uploaded to the cloud? Do we have any idea of whether there's any controls around it? And do the staff themselves understand the implications of what would happen if this information was to get into the wrong hands? We've sort of opened up this collaborative platform, which improves productivity hugely, and I think everyone would agree with that. But the risks of loss of control and loss of visibility and a certain amount of reliance on these employees to make sure that the information they're uploading and sharing is is, is of a certain level of sensitivity and protected accordingly. And I think that's the big worry for companies at the moment. Are you seeing particular issues in, in human error, or is it just kind of a element of complacency where they're just you know getting used to the daily role and they're not looking for the risks that they should be i think it's a 
bit of both, Max, if I'm honest. I think mm. I think human error is going to creep in everywhere, but it, it all comes down to our own personal judgment about the information that we're working on. And a lot of the time, it's I've just got to get the job done. Yeah. The cloud is sort of beyond our reach sometimes in terms of the security and the controls that we can put in place. So I think getting on with our work and not thinking about the implications of this is one thing. Human error, it will kick in. I mean, people do share information. For example, I know during the virus outbreak and the lockdown, there was a huge drive for the homeworking and, and, and many organizations weren't well equipped for it. And so there was a an expectation that if you've got devices at home that you can use your own personal laptops and desktops, then please start to use these and we'll make the services available. But information that's then downloaded, that they want to work on, that they can share out to their personal devices, the control's lost in that instance. And what happens to that information afterwards is beyond the control of the organizations. You know, human error kicks in that way because it's actually what you do with the information where you save it, what you do with it, do you delete it afterwards, do you hold it within a secure area? These are the things that typically don't happen once you're outside of the boundaries of an organization. Yeah, that's very true, actually. It's it's, it's been a, a big risk factor that's that's been happening. And obviously, there's been people that have taken advantage of that. And then you coupled that with the human error you mentioned. And of course, we're going to see problems occur. You're 100% right. You can never entirely take out the human error aspect. It's what makes humans humans, you know? So if we look at this from minimizing a risk standpoint, then mm. could we see the principle of least privilege apply here? Is that possible? Certainly. Absolutely. I think the first thing is that if we're going to have any chance of implementing any sort of least privilege, which in essence is about ensuring that the right people have access to the right data and, and nobody else needs to have access to it. That's what we're trying to achieve here. That's always been incredibly difficult anyway. It, it does magnify when you start to put things into the cloud, but it's really important that organizations create platforms, offer productivity, collaboration, software, tools, platforms for their employees to use that they then have some level of control over. We don't want shadow IT kicking in. We don't want people suddenly using their own personal Dropboxes or their OneDrives or their own personal sharing applications that they've used in the past because you've lost control. People will want to share. People will want to collaborate, and they will find ways to do that. So the first point is if you want to have some control, you've got to be able to give your employees, your staff, a platform that you've got some level of visibility into. Even then, implementing lease privilege is very difficult. But it's not impossible. And it just comes down to due diligence and trying to implement some governance policies around how the information is shared and how the information is collaborated on. There are certain tools available to help you, but with the expansion and the growth, it can look like a very overwhelming task. And to some degree, it can be. So you need to try and think about early on how we're going to implement some controls, how we're going to recertify that the access hasn't changed since it was initially set up. It all comes down to visibility. If you can get visibility into these collaboration platforms and a, an understanding of what the access looks like at a particular moment in time, and then recertify that at a later date, maybe periodically on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis, then at least you've then got some idea of whether that risk of overexposure is starting to creep into these platforms. And if it is, then pull the plug on certain access that's been given to perhaps those individuals that, that shouldn't have access. 
or those individuals that were given access to a particular file that then unfortunately had a knock-on effect of opening them up to access to lots of other files that they're not supposed to have access to. So it is difficult. And with the climate that we live in at the moment and the focus on just keeping the business running and then and the business continuity has to absolutely be on its game at the moment, security does sort of play second fiddle a little bit. So do it early. Build a picture of what the access looks like. Make sure that you're educating your employees and your staff and your teams and your owners and your department heads and anybody who has that ability to create these collaboration platforms. Make them aware of the risks and constantly remind them to make sure that they are, that they are responsible, if you like, for ensuring that the information that they're working on is shared with the right individuals. I think we have to try and call on employees to be deputy sheriffs, if you like and for them to understand that there is you know, a certain level of responsibility on them to ensure that these teams and these projects and these collaboration groups that they're creating are, are accessible just to those members. Visibility and, and education are kind of that, that first step, as you said, going forwards. And it, it's interesting to see where we're at at the moment, because obviously, as we've mentioned previously in this episode, talking about how people are working from home and that presents a whole host of security risks, whether people are not using VPNs correctly or they're not using VPNs at all, how secure are their home networks, how much access is giving to clouds that they're using and sharing between workers. Do you think now is the time to be having the conversation that organizations need to look at implementing strategies now? And I know a lot of companies are stressed because there's a lot of other things to factor in with all of this. Or do you think we're going to see a big uptake after all of this kind of ends and we're we're seeing more return to normality? I think we're already starting to see more time and focus being applied to the security and the governance of these applications. I think you're right. There was the initial surge of, of homework and lockdowns and just making sure people were were able to get access to the information and the data and the programs that they typically work with. You could just sort of see, you know, and I could feel it. You could sort of see the security guys sort of sitting there waiting, just letting everything unfold and, and getting this business continuity plan in place. But they're waiting nervously on, on, on the edges, if you like, to start making sure that things are being looked after properly. But I think now we're slowly starting to see more focus, more concern, and I think security being listened to. I mean, I've only ever done security my whole life. It's unfortunately been regarded as a bit of an insurance policy historically, but the world is a different place now. And I think we're at this point now where organizations starting to want to implement some sort of governance and, as you say, crawl back some of that visibility that they had and then now that they've lost because people are working remotely. It's also, I think, what we're seeing, you know, in terms of the work that we do on a daily basis with investigating threats and all sorts of activities is that we're seeing opportunistic activities happening around remote working, being able to conceal themselves amongst the noise of VPNs and cloud-based activity and collaboration and sharing and all of this. And that's certainly becoming a worry for many companies is that perhaps the focus wasn't there before in terms of the remote working and actually understanding what happens when somebody connects in from a home network that they have no control over from a device that they have no control over historically that that may have been an absolute no-no it's certainly become a little bit more lenient now in terms of what we can do to get access because the business has to continue functioning of course and i think we're starting to see a lot of activity 
hiding under the radar. I mean, suspicious activity, breaches, brute forces, people trying to get access to networks. And they are sort of concealing themselves through obscurity, if you like. And I think we're starting to see more instances and, and, and hearing more examples of this happening now. So this, along with suddenly this loss of control and worry about where our information is now disappearing off into the cloud, is starting to get a lot more focus than it has done. I think certainly there will be some reflection afterwards, but I think organizations are becoming quite good now at actually mobilizing the security workforce as well to try and implement some sort of control at this time. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely seeing a lot more from a C-suite angle and, and above and, and the board level, definitely taking more responsibility from a cybersecurity standpoint, which is fantastic. And, and hopefully we see that trend grow and, as you say, build on from this as well. Another element I wanted to touch on, we've mentioned it kind of briefly, but what role could automation and really audits play in mitigating this human error risk? Well, let's touch on the audits point first. The audits is your window into the status quo, into, into the how life exists at this moment in time. If you're not running audits, if you're not creating an initial one-off exercise of what the environment looks like now, you're basically shooting in the dark, really. So audits, regular audits, regular recertifications, they need to be conducted and they need to be reviewed and they need to be looked at. Now, more than ever, there needs to be a focus on the reports that come out of these audits and these inspections of access and just an understanding of what information is out there. And I think if these aren't being looked at and aren't being taken seriously and aren't being compared you know, against one another to look at any differences, then we're missing a trick. Automation is really where every company needs to get to if they stand any chance of staying on top of this. We've seen all sorts of numbers flying around recently in the growth and the uptake of these collaboration platforms, things like Teams and obviously Zoom's gone absolutely huge and, and all of these platforms. And the complexity of these environments, once you start allowing a particular department to use a collaboration platform like Teams, for example, then the complexity of just understanding the access of that one particular group of team members is difficult when you start you know growing that and it could be hundreds or thousands of these team sites so it, the complexity just becomes enormous it, it, to the point where it's not impossible for a human being to stay on top of it and you need automation be able to highlight it and then lock it down i think it's far better to lock down the access and have it reinitiated by those that, that need it than just leaving it wide open because you know it's very hard to explain that how you lost this information because you, you weren't actually locking it down in the first place. But what we're seeing, just the whole complexity and chaos just seems to be creeping into these environments, particularly at a time when everyone's rushing around trying to make things work. And it's very, very difficult to stay on top of it from a human's perspective. So automation plays a massive part in, in terms of removing access that shouldn't be there in terms of taking away documents that are now being shared that shouldn't be and just implementing as many policies as you can from an automated perspective is the only way to really stay on top of it but again very very difficult and I think organizations need to have some level of confidence and the reliance on technologies which have come on leaps and bounds in the last few years to implement some sort of machine learning to make these 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 proactive decisions of, of what should be locked down and what shouldn't be locked down but in answer to your original question, auditing must happen because you need that level of visibility in the first place. And then I think really to stay on top of it, automation needs to play a huge part in this. 
people can only do so much, and as you say, the the tools are there, so you might as well take advantage of them, make life easier, and and really benefit from it as well. Yes, of course. Remember that if 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 ever you were to implement a solution where automation removed access from somebody that needed that access, you can be pretty guaranteed that they're going to ring up and say, I've lost access, can I have it back? But if you don't take away access from somebody that doesn't need it, they're never going to tell you, I don't need this access, by the way, Mm -hmm. because it's not in our nature. So, you know, I think we need to err on the side of caution with these things. Yeah, 100% agree. So going forward then, just just as kind of a wrap-up question here, how should organizations really approach actually implementing the policies which, you know, protect sensitive data in the cloud and, you know, just generally what we've kind of discussed today? So the first thing is make the tools available to employees to actually use that you have control of. Please don't allow the employees to start implementing shadow IT and start using their own personal collaboration sharing solutions because you've immediately lost control. So first of all, make it easy for them and make it easy for yourself. Absolutely conduct regular audits, regular reviews, regular reports of what is being created in the cloud, what information is up there, what the access looks like at the moment, who the owners are, and obviously to encompass all of that is to provide that education, but regularly remind people, daily tips and tricks, you know, little things that you can do just to make sure it's front of mind all the time. You're, you're, you're collaborating on sensitive data. It's critical for us as a business to continue and function, but you have to remember what happens to this information if it were to leave the four walls of our company. Even though the four walls is now out in the ether, the virtual four walls still need to be adhered to. So there's a few things that we can be doing to make things easy for ourselves. But I think we also need to make sure that the employees are aware. It's certainly become easier. If you think about things like GDPR, which has been around for a couple of years now, everybody understands why that's important, because it's about personal information that can affect every single one of us. So some of the battles being won in educating people why this is important. So I think we just need to just continue that train of thought, keep reminding people that that they are responsible and and we are expecting and hoping that they're dealing with the information in in a secure way. Yeah, 100% agree. It comes down to that educate and visualize to help people understand. So certainly, I think that's a, a good good point to end on. But Matt, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today and uh, run us through all of this. It's been great. No problem. Thanks for having me, Max. And thank you, everyone, who took the time to listen to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. If you want more information, please head on over to veronas.com. They've got some great stuff at the moment on uh, COVID and understanding working from home and how that kind of affects a lot of things when it comes to phishing attacks, VPNs, DNS. So make sure you go check out their site for more information. We'll be back next week with another episode in our RC Expert series. Until then, you can find more great content by going on to em360tech.com. listening to the EM360 podcast. For more great content, head on over to em360tech.com.